Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to TNT Hoops Shoot Around Volume 6. I'm an episode of Quinn and I just hopped on the phone again this morning just to kind of review uh, some of the start of the second round and the close of the first. Uh, we announced our contest winner on Instagram yesterday, so we kind of just gave all of our contestants a little shout out. Um, then we just got right into it, man. Reviewed the East, Boston dominating Milwaukee. Um, reviewing the Philly series. Do we even stand a chance against Toronto? Um, touched on the Rockets and Warriors. Um, and then some of that controversy with the uh, fouls and some of the jump shots or the no calls in the fouls. Um, then we previewed Denver and Portland. And then we wrapped everything up and explained some of the new contests. So enjoy. On the line, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we have our co-host, Quiddy Slanger. Quiddy, how you doing this Monday morning, my guy? Feeling good, man. Can't complain. Living good. Ready to do this pod, baby. How you? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Um, ready to attack the week. But as you said, let's get right into it. Yes, sir. So we have um, our contest winners from, or our contest winner from the TNT Hoops uh, shoot around volume five episode where we just kind of asked people to just repost some of the clips that we pulled from the episode on Instagram and that would serve as an entry. Um, we would like to just shout out, um, my guy Jordan, uh, my guy Lee, Shane, Brian, uh, Raekwon, Dylan, Cody, Phil, Sama, Liss, Brennan, uh, Joe, Kev, and your man, D-Pinks 23, um, and Full also rundown. Loco. Yeah, and Full Loco 1, everybody, thank you all. Everybody get announced. Yeah, I mean, thank you all for uh, tuning in, listening, and helping us out. Just promote the pod. We really appreciate the support thus far. Um, Shane Whalen was the winner this week. Um, but as always, you guys always have a chance to win as long as you enter. Um, real simple, just reposting the story. Um, and we'll give you guys an update on the new contest at the end of this pod. So, Enjoy. All right. So, uh, Ansel, me, me and Ansel did, uh, you know, from the first round, we obviously previewed the series and we made our predictions. Uh, one thing I said is I wanted us to stick to, you know, a certain amount of games that we were going to pick for the series and kind of tally up, you know, what each of us got right. So um, after the first round, just putting our tallies together, um, Quiddy dominated first round with uh, 10 points and Ansel had five. The way we did the tallies was you get plus one for a series winner, uh, plus two for series winner in the correct number of games, and minus one for the wrong winner. So um, Ansel and I got every series right besides OKC Portland. Um, Ansel mm-hmm. also got San Antonio and Denver wrong. But, um, yeah, I was plus two on Detroit. Milwaukee, plus two on Orlando, Toronto, plus two on Brooklyn, Philly, um, and plus two on San Antonio and Denver. I got all those series right in their games. Um, Ansel got uh, Milwaukee, Detroit right, plus two, and everything else was plus one. 
Um, so that all came out to 10 to 5. So obviously we got these two series. We have these four series going on in the semifinals. We did the same predictions. Uh, you looking kind of good for that Boston series because they, they dominated. <laughs> like, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. Just wanted to give you guys a little running tally of this competition we got going on. So uh hope the loyal listeners are following along on that because we definitely super competitive here at TNT Hoops. Yeah. But let's get into uh, uh this review, this playoff review. Definitely trying to bring it back this series, but yeah, let's start. Um we're gonna start in the east with uh as you said uh a minute ago, Boston just absolutely dominating Milwaukee in that first game. Um the score was right. one twelve to ninety. Um I'll kind of just let you begin as to what you saw from Boston going up to Milwaukee and still in the first one out there. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that series? Right. So let's just touch base on that real quick again. I picked Boston. I mean, I picked Milwaukee in seven. And so you picked Boston in. I picked Boston in seven as well. Or okay, you picked not Boston as well. In seven, but I picked Milwaukee in seven. So, um, yeah, Boston dominated yesterday. 22-point victory. Uh, that probably doesn't even show the amount of dominance that they showed yesterday. Um, just looking at the box score here, um, everybody in the start, uh, Celtic starting lineup was a positive. Um, Kyrie mm-hmm. plus 20, 26 points, 11 assists. Um, Al Horford was the player of the game for Boston, just completely one on one, um, at the rim when needed, shutting down Giannis. I thought that was amazing. Um, not really surprising. Um, obviously I know Giannis is a dominating player, but Al Horford has shown that if he really locks in on, you know, key superstar players, he can do, you know, as good a job as mostly anybody in the league on guys yep. like Giannis, Ben Simmons, even Joel Embiid. He's plays, he plays, he's been playing well his whole career. So that didn't really surprise me there. Um, but I thought it was definitely interesting moving forward in the series. Jalen Brown, 19 points, Gordon Hayward plus 11, uh, Terry Rozier plus 13. So, I mean, Brad Stevens game plan of, you know, walling up Giannis, um, not giving him a running start. You know, teams like to play back on him and let Giannis attack you and then try to defend him at the rim. But, you know, mm-hmm. he was using Horford, Morris, all these dudes, and they were playing him up, you know, not even give him that running start. And it just, you know, calls for an inefficient night from Giannis. Seven for 21. I believe he started like five for 18. He was, you know, before he made his last couple of shots, he was shooting horribly. So, um, just a, a great game plan from Brad Brad Stevens and uh really executed by those Celtics guys that I really hate. But uh Yeah. Um know, just to kind of reiterate what you said, man, like it was just a big first half from Kyrie. That's exactly what you expect out of your uh your superstar with thirteen points and six attempts in the field. Um comparing that to Giannis, like as you said, they were kind of just walling him off from the rim. Um, especially in the first quarter. Uh I think Giannis really realized that this was um, a different team than Detroit, just because he, he started off two from eight from the field. Um, really was just struggling to find a spot. And as I said on the shoot around volume five, they're kind of making him shoot um, six foot shots around the rim instead of just shots directly at the rim, like two feet within the paint. Um, another thing that I noticed, the mixture of just Baines and Horford um, kind of guarding Giannis, which was really effective. I, I initially thought at the start of the series they would have tried Horford and then maybe try to throw Brown or Tatum at him, but I think they just decided to stay big. And for some reason, I think after the first half, Giannis wasn't as aggressive um, attacking off of the dribble. Um, he was just trying to find his find his spots and just kind of 
hang around the rim, as I had said earlier. Um, and then it was just a great third third quarter stretch from Horford, I think, which is the turning point for the game, just officially when he had that nine point run and then had like two or three straight blocks. Um, and then he was just diamond off from the top of the key. All around great game from Boston just to right. start the series. Um, and I think it can really get dark for Milwaukee if they drop another one on Tuesday. So we shall see. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say about this, uh, that ma- the, the matchups too is one thing I know is Brad Stevens did, and other coaches have tried this, but it worked perfectly with Boston's, um, their roster and their team makeup. They put a big on Giannis. So whether that's Baines, Horford, or even Tice, um, mm-hmm. by doing that, you know, uh, Milwaukee center, Brooke Lopez, their five man, he only, he stretches the floor, he shoots. So you you can put a wing on him, you can put a Tatum on him, you can put a Jalen Brown on him, and just have them rest out there, and they'll be able to you know get out and contest. Uh, what adjustment I think Budenholzer needs to make in the next game is if they're going to put a small guy on Brook Lopez, he need to get his ass on a block. And yep, Jalen Rose said the exact like, same thing. Huh? I said Jalen Rose said the exact same thing. Continue. Yeah, so he need to get his ass right on a block, and they need to go through that. And even though it's not a you know, it may not be a, you know, a favorable matchup for Milwaukee, but you still can get some type of, you know, mismatch by having a 7-2 guy or 7-1 guy post up a 6-8 guy, and then you go about it from there. Just a different type yeah. of approach instead of Giannis trying to get downhill and, you know, kick out the shooters. Maybe you can get a couple open shots just off of, off of a double team out of the post or just any extra, you know, attention down there. So I think that's an adjustment Budenholzer can make for that uh, for that next series. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, it's just so difficult, man, because I think just in the totality of things, like there's a lot more that Milwaukee has to deal with that Boston's throwing at them with the mixture of Brown and Kyrie or if even because Tatum didn't really have it going last game. But if he starts to really get right. rolling, um, Morris was also starting to play a little bit better than he had played in the prior series against Indiana. Um, but it's always nice to see their aggression out of him. It's just, they, they just have a plethora of guys that they can continue to throw at you. Um, whereas if they can just kind of stifle Giannis and then make the other guys on the team beat them, like I, Bledsoe didn't really have a particularly good game to me. Um, I gotta check out his plus minus real quick. He was, no, he was horrible. Yeah. He was at one for five, 0 for four from three. Six points, mm-hmm. minus 12 from the field. He wasn't good. He has to be more yeah. of a difference maker if they want to have any type of chance because him and Middleton need to be at least very good to great. You know what I mean? Like to, mm-hmm. really, uh, you know, to really make a stamp in this series. They need them to, to, you know, help Giannis out because if not, they have no chance. Like, look what you just said. Jason Tatum had four points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Morris had nine points. Like, these guys can have nights off where you then you have Kyrie giving you 26, Jalen Brown giving you 19. You know, hey, we're 13 off the bench. Rozier, 11 off the bench. You know what I'm saying? They have so, a plethora yeah. of guys that can, you know, be in the t- uh, 15 to 20 range. So, I mean, okay. that's just so important to have in the playoffs. Yeah. But, I mean, this series is looking, like I said uh, on Twitter, on my Slang Hoop Shed page, I said uh, it looked like Milwaukee and seven to me before the series, but the way they're guarding them, um, my, I'm not changing. I'm saying in my head, like, it's looking like more like Boston and six, but obviously I'm going to stick on my pick. Stay loyal yeah. to the Bucks. But let's move on to the next series, which is our hometown, uh, Sixers, obviously, in Toronto. It was a very lopsided first game. Uh, 108-95 doesn't even mm-hmm. show the significance of that domination that 
uh, Toronto, a.k.a. Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam gave to us. So I'll let you start with that one. Um, what did you think about game one in the series moving forward? Yeah, all of our fears kind of came to the forefront. Um, I think at the last final third of the year, um, you and I were talking just of the teams that we didn't want to see in the playoffs. And we both just agreed that we would rather see Milwaukee um, over Toronto. Um, but now that we are playing Toronto, it was just like we so we started off the game on a 7-2 run. And then for me, I felt relatively confident because just because of the way that things were going. But then that was just instantly kind of spurned. Um, by Pascal and Kawhi, like it, like they scored, they went, they went on for eight minutes without missing a shot. Is that just to kind of put it in perspective for the listeners that maybe didn't watch the game, um, where those two guys were just absolutely dominating from the mid post range. Pascal was getting to the bucket at will. Um, Tobias Harris was guarding him for the majority of the first quarter and he, it was just food. Like I think. Like obviously, like, like Tobias isn't the worst defender, but just seeing a guy like Pascal, like at will, just get to the bucket, um, either spin off, spin off Tobias, or just two dribbles right in his chest go up. Um, it was kind of demoralizing for me as a Sixers fan because it was at that point, like I was like, all right, if Jimmy can't guard Kawhi, really. Um, Brett didn't seem too at keen all. on, not really at all. Yeah, and at all can't guard him at um, all. Like. Brett didn't seem too keen on putting Ben on him for extended stretches just because I think he wanted to utilize him more at the offensive end and have him kind of floating around a little bit more. Um, and then if we can't guard the other guy on the wing, it's just going to be a really long series. Um, Gasol did a really good job just kind of forcing him beat away from the block like we had expected him to. Um, and B was one for eight with Gasol on him throughout that game. Um, I think it'd be, we'll figure it out going into the next series though, but it was just tough, man. I'll, I'll get, I'll explain more, but I'll, let me hear your thoughts on it. Cause I'm kind of all over the place. Right. So, uh, right. So, um, just to put it in perspective, uh, what you were saying, the dominance of Siakam and Leonard, I don't know if you know this stat, but how crazy it was. Um, pa- uh, yeah. Siakam and Kawhi Leonard combined for 74 points. Uh, the Sixers who have <laughs> arguably the best starting lineup in the league. They're starting five at 71 points. So those two outscored a 74 to 71 by themselves. Nobody else in double figures for them. Um, Jesus so Christ. So the way man. I look at it, that can be, you know, that's obviously a crazy stat or it can be kind of encouraging because, you know, nobody else scored in double figures. Um, chances are Kawhi Leonard doesn't shoot 16 for 23 for 45 points again. Um, and Siakam doesn't miss three shots on 29 points. You know, he's 12 for 15 from the field. Mm-hmm. Three for four from three, you know, a plus 15, uh, Kawhi was a plus 26, you know what I'm saying? So, um, our, their starting five dominated ours and that's, you know, something we should look at. Um, I just kind of wanted to put it in perspective how crazy those two were for the night. Um, yeah. we pretty much touched on everything we did. Uh, it wasn't a great offensive game for us and Bede struggled. Uh, Ben was seven for eight, but he wasn't aggressive and for stretches. Jimmy Butler had one of those games where he was his selection shot selection was weird, you know, taking contested threes instead of just attacking the rim at times. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes he would have Kyle Lowry on his hip coming off the pick and roll and he would kind of get in the lane and like step back out of it instead of just attacking going downhill and having him beat on a roll, which was really like sometimes when he played, sometimes his game is really confusing to me. I think he's like out there thinking too much or something. 
Um, J.J. Reddick got hot there in the third quarter for a stretch, but besides yeah. that, he was pretty much non-existent and a liability on defense. And Tobias Harris, just a like, horrible night for him, just just getting cooked all over the court on defense, yeah. uh, minus 23 from the field. Him and Jimmy Butler are both minus 23. And the biggest key we said coming into this series is Jimmy and Tobias have to play well because of those other two guys, Siakam and Kawhi. And that was a difference in the game, obviously, by far. Um, yeah. Jimmy and Tobias combined for 24 points, and they combined for 74. So if you're getting outscored by 50 by other uh, by other wings on other team, um, I don't think you ever really have a good chance of winning. But I think the way we should kind of go about this now is, you know, think of some adjustments that we should make in game two coming tonight. And I have a, I have one that I want to say I was kind of thinking last night. Um, okay. I think this is a series for TJ McConnell. Um, I think you get some McConnell minutes in there. You inject some energy. Um, you let him guard Van Vliet off the bench. You kind of, you know, without Mike Scott, especially in game two, he's not going to be on game two. You need an extra body out there. I don't think Furkan Korkmaz is the answer. I was, yeah, I that was, was so weird. I Let's mean, touch on that for a second. At the start of the game, you sent me that clip of Brett Brown talking about um, the potential of Zaire maybe being beneficial to us this series, and then he didn't see a minute. So what changed from, I guess, what? Because the game was at what time was what time was the game? Seven thirty. So what changed from four yeah. o'clock when that clip was posted to seven to where? The first guy off of the bench is Furkan Korkmaz off for the wing. Like it just didn't make any sense to me. Well, yeah, well, nothing changed. Uh, I mean, if you see, if it's, it's a playoff game, so it's you know what I'm saying it's game one of the semifinals. So Furkan Korkmaz being out there wasn't a mistake. It wasn't like you know it was a game time decision. Like that was Brett's plan. You know, yeah. he clearly tried to throw. You know, whether it's Toronto for a loop or the fans, I don't know, but he was trying to play a little. You know. Oh, Zaire stupid. may see minutes. Zaire didn't play. Zaire played four minutes, but none of them were meaningful minutes. They're at the end when we were getting blown out. Um, yeah. I think Furkan being out there was to space the court. I mean, that's the only, that's the only explanation. That's what Brett said. You know, just some, just some shooting for his ball handlers to have some space to operate. Yeah. Um, but when Furkan shots not falling, just like JJ Reddick, he's just a negative out there on the court and just, just a zero and just hurts the team. And he was one for six on, pretty much wide open shots one for four from three. Um, you know, he's just not the answer out there. So I think you go TJ McConnell and you put him on a, their point guard. Cause they always play two small point guards. So it's somebody out there that you can guard either, whether that's Lowry or Van Vliet. Yeah. Um, Neither of those guys are overly James athletic. And say what? I would just say neither of those guys are overly athletic to where they can kind of just run him off of the floor. Like kind of in that Brooklyn series, but right. continue. Right. Yeah. And you get TJ to just run the offense and get us some, get us in the sets. And cause that's just vital in this series, taking care of the ball because, you know, Toronto doesn't turn the ball over. Looking at this right now, we had 14 turnovers, but we had a lot of them early. Um, Toronto had 10. So Toronto's not turning the ball over more than 12 times a game. They take care of it. So we need to do the same. Um, so I think this is a series for TJ. I think you keep going with Ennis off the bench. Obviously, James Ennis had a, you know, a pretty good game, four for five from the field, 11 points. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think you just give Bolden, um, all of Boban's backup minutes, uh, just off the strength that I don't, I don't think Bolden played particularly well, but I don't think this was one of the bad nights. I think he, you know, showed some type of, you know, some spryness on defense. Um, he was able to, you know, he was able to rotate, move out, and guard guys. Um, I think that's just the go the guy you go with. 
to match up with Serge off the bench. Yeah, 100% um, agree. 100% agree. I think that with Bolden, um, he just struggles with his positioning sometimes. Like he, he is active, mm-hmm. like you said, and he's very spry and he's always, you can see him, he's always hustling, but sometimes he's just in the completely wrong spot. And so sometimes I think that's where a lot of frustrations comes from the Sixers fans. Um, but he just, he's rushing. And I think that's just the, the mind of a young player. You're in a big playoff series for the first time and you're away. Um, I think we always right. see like, on the road, like that's where a lot more just dumb mistakes come forward, especially from bench guys. Um, but I do expect him to calm down. Um, because like you said, we can't play Boban at all. Um, there was a clip posted by Justin Jett on Twitter. Um, when they were putting Boban in that screen and roll, he was sunk so, he was sunken so far into the paint. Um, that when Gasol stretched Whoa. out to the point line, it was just, <laughs> it was impossible. It was nearly impossible for him to get out there and contest that shot or yeah. even just compete with a guy that is able to do that. So. I think for the Sixers' yeah. benefit, um, maybe try to find there, – there's minutes that you can find for him, but it's going to have to be, like, I would say, like, late in the first quarter, like, maybe with, like, a minute or two left, you know, like, or right. late in the second. Like, just and then get, if he's out there, you have to run stuff for him. You have to run stuff for him on offensive end just because that's his only value, being seven, being seven six, he can just finish around the rim and just be big and just put pressure on the defense from the paint. So when he's out there – for that last two minute stretch, like you said, I think you just have to run stuff from on offense and then try to hide them as best as possible on defense. But keep yep. going with your point. Um, no, that was just that was really it, to be honest. I just think All right, so this is the last thing I want to say about the series then. Um I think in series, uh as a coach, there has to be a point where you sit that you sit down and you say, All right, you have to pick your poison. Because when you get to this stage, every team has things that are great at and they have things that, you know, they have strengths. And they have they have a lot of strengths and they have a couple weaknesses. And you can't force some of these teams into all their weaknesses. So sometimes you have to just take you have to t- you know you have to you have to pick your poison. So a, f- a couple of things I wrote down uh, last night that the Sixers can kind of live with. Mm-hmm. And in the game plan, you just have to be like, all right, you know, you can have this. So if they if they post up Danny Green at all, you know, if any type of post up on JJ Redick and they try to run some of the offense, kind of how Boston did with Marcus Smart. We have yeah. to stop overreacting to that. If you would you rather Danny Green posting up trying to score on JJ Reddick or Kawhi Leonard going one on one against anybody, Danny Green, I would yeah. love, throw the ball to Danny Green and let him try to score on JJ Reddick. If anything, he scores two points yep. or he elbows JJ Reddick in his lip. Yeah, and, and, and they're going to be looking out for that. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine yep. with that. And then the what you're we talking about with Boban, the last thing on the series, what you're talking about with Boban, um. Marcus saw if he want to stand out there and shoot threes, listen, let him. Let Marcus saw shoot 10 threes. I mean, he may make three or four. I know he's shooting 50% on um, since the playoffs have started, but they're all wide open threes. Just get a hand out there, let, but let him shoot 10 threes. I mean, that's something yeah. you can live with. Marcus saw shooting threes. Like, I mean, he's a good shooter. No, don't get me wrong, but it's like other teams. They let him be shoot. They let him be stand out there and shoot. Yeah. I mean, would you rather that or Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam going downhill and being just those dynamic players? I'd rather their center shooting, standing up there and shooting three. Serge Ibaka could shoot him if he wants to. Yep. Where that kind of worries me, though, if we start to give Gasol a ton of spaces at the top, um, he is a guy that he won't settle for threes a lot. You know, he's only taking them if either he's rolling or if, he, if they're just completely just forced for him to shoot that. Like, if he has right. a lot but of it's not even so much Yeah. Okay. Because it's it's like you, I'm saying you play Bolden or whoever's out there, and you just close that when he catches it, you close the space, and he can. I mean, you're kind of like baiting him to shoot it, but 
once once he if he doesn't shoot it, you just back up and play him like a yeah. you know like a normal five man. You play him out there like how you would play in B. But we can't overreact to that guy shooting threes because they have so many dynamic weapons that can just go downhill and attack you and get to the foul line and score forty five points on twenty three shots. You know what I mean? Like I'd yeah. rather Marcus Saul shoot a three or Danny Green post up or Kyle Lowry trying to be aggressive than those two guys. That's just how I look at it. No. But let's let's move on. We gave enough to that series. Um, yeah, hopefully. I'll bring this one in too. We had Warriors Rockets yesterday on ABC. Pretty good game. Um, a couple NBA pan- a couple NBA fans <laughs> are a little game, upset that it's the semifinals. Huh? Uh, that's a pretty good game. That game was the uh, probably this is the best series in the playoffs that we're going to see. And that game was probably next to that OKC game. Yeah, this game is probably the second best yeah. game in the playoffs so far. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, obviously. So people wanted to see that in the Western Conference Finals, and we got it around early this year. So I guess, like I said on the last one, both teams have more juice, even though Steph and Clay are a little banged up. You kind of can see, but um, obviously the main thing from that game was James Harden's step back threes, and was he getting fouled? Was the war were the Warriors giving him space to land? And you know he went in a post game press conference and said, "I just want a fair shake." You know what I mean? So and Draymond said, "I've been fouled." <laughs> Draymond said, "I've been fouled by James with a James three pointer." I'm not trying to hear none of that. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? So I mean, it, it's already getting they already stirring the already stirring it up right now. So, um. Once again, I'll let you start on that. What you think about that series, and what do you think about that series moving forward? Okay. Um, so just my initial thoughts from the overall game perspective. Uh, Draymond Green, the guy you allude to in the opening of this, um, had an incredible first quarter. That's the playoff Draymond that we've been looking for and that we've always talked about. Um, as you said, last week dropped twenty about 20-something pounds going into this playoffs. Um been looking really active. His shot has fallen. Um, he had eight points, five rebounds, and like three assists in that first quarter, or four assists in that first quarter. Um, active on both ends, being able to run the break. He did have a couple of turnovers in the mix of that, but I think if you're Steve Kerr, you accept that because when Draymond Green is the energy and he's kind of just um, the battery in the back of the Warriors to start the game, um, that's incredible for them. Um, and I think the second biggest thing I noticed in that game was just Kevin Durant once again showing he's the best player in the world. Um, that third quarter was just like th- that is the epitome of just superstar level basketball. Um, anytime Daniel Howell. The second half period. Yeah, the second half period, but the third quarter for, for me in particular, he went on a 15 point run in the third quarter alone. And I think that was just the difference, um, of the game, just stretching the lead out for Golden State to about eight or nine. And especially you, you texted me too during this, um, when D'Antonio was trying to get hard and rest, um, in that quarter, KD just decided to go off. He was killing from that mid range, mid post area. Um, just very decisive. As soon as he saw Danny House was on him, it was food. Um, Anytime Nene was switched on to him, which was a huge mistake for me from D'Antoni. Um, once you started to see that the Warriors were headhunting uh, Nene on the screen and rolls from the wings with Curry or Durant, um, I think you had to pull him off and go five with that P.J. Tucker at the center. Um, but I think he got hit to that late, and KD was just destroying them, man. Um, and then to that step to that step back three or into the three foul controversy, um, a couple of them were fouls and they were fouls that would definitely be called in the regular season. But for me, um, it was that game was very like 2000, 2010, 2011, 2012 to me, just because that used to be called good defense. Like what Clay was doing, like they're closing out the space on the shooter 
you know, and a lot of times Harden has a bunch of fakes and hezzies and step backs and stuff like that. Um, there's not much a defender can do. And so there were times when he was stepping under his feet, but there are other, also other times. And I think this is the majority when Carden or Paul was just kind of swinging, swinging their hips out after the shot. And as a defender, like there isn't really much you can do if a guy's kind of trying to bait you into the foul because they, they, they know they can make their shot, but they can kind of contort their body towards the end of the form to kind of bait the ref into giving them that four point play call. Um, so I think in my personal opinion, I think the rest did a really good job kind of just swallowing the whistle and letting basketball play out as basketball should. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um, as long as someone isn't getting hurt and it isn't malicious, like kind of with the Zaza Kawhi thing, um, two or three years ago when he stepped, like when he stepped his foot directly under Kawhi's landing spot, then it's okay with me. What say you? All right. So I'm just going to touch on the, you know, the foul controversy first because that's fresh in my mind. Um, looking at the box score here, Harden shot 14 free throws. So apparently the the Rockets claim that the refs told him at halftime that they missed four calls, um, which were all three-pointers. So that would have been 12 more free throws. So that's 26 free throws right there that James Harden was looking for. Um, I think it's a, it's a kind of a dangerous place for the Rockets right now. You know, um, people mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, they're going to get on the phone with the league and get the benefit of the doubt in the next game on the whistle. But it kind of gets, when I say it's dangerous, it kind of gets scary when you're starting to blame the games on a ref. You're kind of taking the focus away from actually just winning the game and you're, you're complaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just too much complaining. Um, there's just, there has to be a balance. Game. We'll say what? It was only a four point game. Like, right. But the, yeah, exactly. Like there has to be a balance between you just actually going out there and getting the job done and relying on the refs. The actual plays, the actual plays, um, I think Clay fouled him on about two of them. Um, and I think it's tough. I think Harden puts you in a tough situation because it's a step back. But when he steps back to create that space, all that space that he's covering, all that space that he's, co- um, that he's, uh, you know, all the space that he's covering on his step back to, you know, trying to like draw that space, he's jumping forward on a shot. So all the space he created, he just jumps forward back into that space. And obviously you're going to close that space when he steps back. So it's awkward. It's like, I'm stepping back. Okay. Now the defender's like, okay, let me get my hand up. He stepped back. I got to, I got to close that space. But now Harden's jumping into that space. So it's so hard for the defender to just yeah. get a clean closeout. And people say, oh, why don't you just run by him and put your hand up? Well, you can because he's jumping into you. So I think uh, the one on Draymond uh, at the end of the game was absolutely not a foul and a great no call. You can't put the you can't put the game in the refs' hands like that. You just have to you have to try to make a play. If you get yeah. fouled, you get fouled, but you can't step back and then jump forward. Draymond's closing straight up. Harden's shooting from about three four feet behind the line. He's trying to land inside the three point line. You can't do it. I mean, that's just not a natural shooting motion. I don't know if he says he shoots like that, but I don't think that's a natural shooting motion. So that's kind of like my take on you know the fouls. I think Clay definitely fouled him the the one time on the right wing was really obvious. Um, there was one at the top of the key. I think Clay closed too much space. But some of them, you know, it's just like you said, Chris Paul contouring his hips, just trying to get the foul. It's too much. It's too much, you know, um, putting it in the rest hands. And another thing I wanted to say about this series is, I mean, it like you texted me Warriors in six yesterday. I think you had a little change of heart just because how the game was going, the flow of that first quarter when KD was cooking. Yeah. But um, this series could be sure, Ansel, because looking at this box score, you got Draymond Green, five turnovers. Kevin Durant, six turnovers. Steph Curry, three turnovers. Klay Thompson, three turnovers. 
to that six, six, twelve, so seventeen again. turnovers between your four top guys just off the bounce. If you limit that to maybe eight between those four or ten, I mean that's so many more possessions and so many more shots. And Golden State shot fifty percent from the field and Houston shot forty forty two. So I mean Golden State's just a much more efficient team right now. They get better shots. Um if they can just take care and, of the and ball Houston a little bit system. better. Yeah, if they can take take care of the ball a little bit better, I mean they'll they'll be in better position to end games and these games probably won't even be close if, if they do take care of the ball. Um last thing to touch on, yeah, Kevin Durant proved he's the best player in the world again yesterday. Eleven for twenty five, not as efficient as he usually is, but money time, time to win. I mean, this dude I mean one he like he's catching in the mid post with Chris Paul on him. And obviously Chris Paul's this, you know, this this feisty defender. He, you know, his quick hands and all that. Katie don't even play, just catch it, one leg fade like dirt. Like it's not like it's nothing. <laughs> it's cash. Like his the confidence to just be able to get into that shot, like just I'm just gonna shoot over you. Like I'm not even gonna play with you, I'm just gonna shoot over you. Like that that's just greatness. And uh people just criticize people criticize, you know, his move, you know, golden go going to Golden State. But I mean, all it was is a guy Putting a great basketball player, putting himself in the best system possible for him to flourish. And I mean, he just, although he's a sensitive guy and he doesn't really take, you know, controvert, he doesn't really take criticism well. Um, like he said in his post game interview yesterday, he said, I think I'm really starting to put it all together on both ends of the floor. Um, I'm really starting to understand and really put it together. And that's probably the best thing you can hear your superstar say because. Like he's he's just he's become he's coming into his own. Like obviously KD's been great, but it's to be able to dominate on both ends and be a leader and do it consistently when it matters. I mean, there's just something to say for that. He's he's the best player in the world right now. Um, I'm not gonna say by far because that Kawhi dude looks amazing right now as well. But uh, KD showed that he's definitely that guy. And you know, Steph made a big play. Yeah. I'm gonna give my guy Steph a little you know credit. He made a big play crossing over the net. And to touch on that, you said you didn't want Nene. You said uh, it was a bad. Yeah, that was a, stupid. So after 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 that hardened free throw, like why why would D'Antoni put Nene back into the game? Right. Um, knowing the Warriors are coming down on offense, like so, I, like I'm pretty sure everybody on the Warriors looked over. It's like, wait, are you? I have an answer to that. All right, yeah, you know, I have an answer to that. Okay. Um, and not saying it was right or whatever, but I know what he was thinking. I think it was the last three possessions. The Warriors got a offensive rebound. <laughs> <laughs> like with uh, with him yeah. off the floor, the Warriors were just getting second possession, second possession, second possessions. So I think by putting the Nay in, at least you know where they're going to go. And I mean, the Nay can move. I mean, the Nay's not obviously he's not Tony Allen, but I mean he's out there. He, I mean, Steph crossed him, but they got a pretty good uh, closeout on the shot. I mean, you live with that. I mean, that's not it a is first, first Steph Curry. That's not a, that's not a pretty good. I'm sorry. You said what? They were, they were doing it with him or. Ke- I said, if that's Stephen Curry or, or KD, that's not a good enough closeout. Like that's he wasn't to me. He wasn't even in the vicinity. Um, I mean, no, he for a shooter him, of that I'm caliber. Saying, like what he did to him, whoever was guarding him, the move Steph made. That I mean, he would have got anybody with it. It was just a left to right cross right into a shot. I mean, Steph doesn't need much separation. Um, like I said, he was only in a game as far he was only in a game for rebounding purposes. Um, I don't think it was. Yeah, but if you know if you, if you know the Warriors are going to do that and they're going to pull him away from the basket, like how does that even solve your problem of the rebounding well, I mean, purposes? So, you still have the same other guys on the floor. Yeah, like it's not like you brought in him and Fareed. Like I think the smarter play for them this series is just play Capella and Fareed. 
Oh, oh my like, God, I understand no, the, no, the no, value. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you say that. I'm not going to let you say that. You know why? why? I'm going to tell why? you right now. And then they was a plus seven from the field, three for three, two for two from the line, eight points. Like, just because he got crossed over by, you know. No, no, I'm not, I'm not just highlighting that play alone. I'm yeah, the whole second half, they were the doing that with him and KD. Just because he got crossed over by the best player in the world off a switch, it, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to play in the series. Like, they put him in, and Golden State doesn't have a true big with Boogie being out. He was just dominating. He was just catching on the post, going to work on Draymond, catching on the post, just being too big, being too physical, you know, rebounding, just being that big dude down there. Like, I mean, he definitely played paid dividends. Like, he played well for him yesterday. I wouldn't change that up because he got crossed over at the end there. I mean, I mean, it's going to happen. Guys yeah, are going yeah, to make- you, you, you keep saying like I'm just like like highlighting the him just getting crossed over. I'm there are multiple times when they would, it would he would get switched onto KD from that side, and even though KD wasn't shooting, it was just the whole defense would crumble down because you have to send help to once he's like stuck on one of those guys. I mean, but I what, he was a plus seven from the field in 14 minutes, so he couldn't have been getting cooked that bad. Like I saw KD. Went left on a two dribble pull up one time on him, but you live with that. It's a great player. You can't. There's not much you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like Nene. Nene wasn't a liability out there yesterday. Is my point. He, he was a plus seven in his 14 minutes. He was a positive for them. Yeah. He had the highest plus minus on our team, on the whole team. He had the highest plus minus. So I mean, I, I'm not changing that because he got you know yeah. he's he's a big body. It, it makes the Warriors have to match up on the other end too. Like he's a big dude. Like. You throw the ball to him on a block, like he can score the ball on Draymond. He can score the ball on KD. And on the defensive end, I mean, he's not the greatest defender, but he can he can semi move his feet. It's not like he's a stiff out there. You feel me? So yeah. I'm not making that adjustment. I'm um, just saying that um off off of what I saw from him yesterday. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I was one play at the end, but like I said, great players make yeah. good plays. Um on um, to the next series. Just to close for me. Oh, oh, yeah, what? one second. Just to close for me, I think it was just we saw again yesterday from Iggy um, a testament to what being a veteran in the NBA is. Um, it was the same thing with Horford. He played 34 minutes last night with the starters, um, plus five from the field, 14 points. Um, you didn't see a lot of that during the regular season, but when he has a chance to play with Curry, Thompson, Draymond, as we've seen in the past, and Durant, um, Iggy just jumps up a level. And we, we saw him being able to guard Harden last night. I think he like the key play for me is like he Harden was taking us to the cup, um, and Iggy just kind of caused the jump ball and he won the tip. So it was just like like little swings like that for the Warriors and having him in is just so crucial and pivotal. Um, but let's yeah, move on. I, no, I want to say something about that too. My fault. Last thing I want I want to touch on that because I should I actually was texting people about that yesterday. How amazing is he? Yo, he he's thirty five and he's he's barely lost any bounce. I mean, he's, I mean, he's like, he's not as fast as he once was, but he's still just a premier athlete in that with the best athletes in the world. It's kind of crazy to see like Draymond can just come yeah. off that and just lob it up to him. He's dunking it every, like, it's, it's kind of crazy. And he'll knock down that corner three. Like, yeah. Iggy's just such a vital part, a vital piece to that team. But yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we have. Um, it's just a preview of the Denver Portland series. Um, just to kind of close out that Denver oh, series. series. Yeah, we got to make our picks for that. Um, Denver won that game seven, 90 to 86. Just, um, a weird, a weird late game situation from the Spurs from Patty Mills in LA. Um, not fouling at the end there. Um, but I think for the Nuggets, uh, 
that doesn't change much of my thinking for them um, as a two seed. I think they're a little overrated going into these playoffs, um, especially coming off of a year they, where they didn't make the playoffs and then this year coming into the two seed. I think they shocked a lot of people, played well in the regular season, but um, the Spurs weren't a particularly great team. They just were able to game them into getting into a game seven. So I think for this series against Portland, I would have Portland in Portland in six. Um, I think just the guard play, like the level that Dame and CJ are playing at right now is just, um, just different. I think that's just the only way I can explain it. Um, Cantor proved the flipped, he flipped for me, um, last series where I thought he was kind of going to be a liability, but he's a little bit better on defense than I had thought. Not good by any means, but he can hold his own. Um, we'll see how he does on Jokic. Obviously, Jokic is a lot better than Steven Adams. Um, so we'll see if he can expose that. But I think it's more on Denver to have to stop Dame at this point. And I don't think anyone in the world can. So for me, I have Portland in six. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be an interesting series just because of the Jokic factor and cancer. I think cancer is ultimately a liability on defense. But Jokic is in this speedster that's going to blow by him and all that. But. Jokic just can pick him apart if Cantor's not, you know, at the point of attack, not, 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 you know what I mean? Not just being an aggressive defender and, you know, getting in Jokic's patch lanes and making him uncomfortable. If they don't have a guy that's out there that can do that, I think, you know, I think Portland will struggle there. But like you said, Damon CJ are just at, on another level right now. I think this is a great opportunity for a young backcourt in uh, Murray and Gary Harris to really, you know, make a name for themselves, especially against those two guys who are proven in the league. Um, had battles with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Had battles with The Rock. You know what I mean? Um, just it's just it's just a it's just a opportunity and a platform for Murray to build on last series and you know Gary Harris to show what they're really worth. But I my pick is exactly the same. I'm going Portland in six. I think they split the first two. Um, I know I think they split the first. I think they split the first two. Split the next two in Portland for three and four. And then I think Portland ultimately wins five and six. They went five in Denver and then six in Portland. Um, like you said, I think Damon CJ will just be too much for them. Uh, Jamal Murray wants absolutely nothing to do with Damian Lillard at this point of uh, yeah. Dame's career. Dame is really on a mission right now. He's cooking. I think they ultimately get to the Western conference finals. Um, I can analyze that series a little bit more when I see a little bit of how the teams match up. But just my preview is uh, Portland, in, Portland in six. Yeah, um, good to see that we're kind of on the same page with that. I think uh, or last series, I think they threw Torian Craig and, and Harris on Derek White, and they were even able to get him off the floor late in that that Spurs game. Um, I, Forbes, Forbes, and Patty Mills closed out at Game Seven. That that just won't happen with Dame. Like Dame will cook whoever you put in front of him. Yeah, so like, I think that fix, I think people are like, oh, well, the, the guard and wing play defensively from Denver will be able to kind of stifle them. No, no, not at all. I think this is going to be an all-time series from Dame again. Um, he has something to prove for me. He's the third best guy in the playoffs right now, um, right behind Katie and Kawhi. Uh, so we shall see. Do you have anything else to say about that series? Third best, as in he's playing the third best, or he's the third best player. 
He's playing third best in the playoffs. Like his performances okay. so far. Um, okay, okay. I think gotcha. just, but that that's also because I guess he hasn't gotten a game in the second round. I have Kawhi's first game in consideration, and second round games just holding more weight to me, obviously. But yeah, I mean, he he, uh, Dame absolutely dominated last round. We we know we we discussed that. You know, he was on the last two covers of TNT Hoops. So, you know, Dame is definitely on the come up right now. But, yeah, I, th- I think Portland ultimately, ultimately wins in six. I think he's just too much for them. I think CJ has another big series. I think, though, um, I think tonight may be a overreaction night. I think, uh, you know, I think the rest versus rest factor comes into play. Just Portland sitting out for so long. And, uh, yeah. You know, Denver being active on what, Saturday playing, just winning the game seven against, you know, the best coach ever, arguably the best coach ever. Yeah. Um, I think Denver wins game one and then everybody goes absolutely nuts and goes crazy. Oh, oh Denver, you know, blah, blah. And then I think Portland ultimately wins game two, like I said, and then and so forth. But um, yeah, Portland in six. We'll leave it there. Okay. Yeah, and let's wrap it up. Um, we kind of yeah. just want to explain um, the contest just moving forward. Um, for this week, for the shoot-around, we're going to do the same thing. Um, throughout the week, Quiddy and I will just post some clips from the episode, um, some takes that maybe have come to fruition or some things that we may disagree on and that maybe we want to explain a little bit more. Um, so if you guys decide to share that on your story, on Instagram, or even on Twitter, we post them there as well, on TNT Hoops podcast page. Uh your name will be entered into the contest and then we'll have a drawing right before the next episode as we did this week, post the video on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so you guys can see the winner. Um, thank you guys as always for tuning in to TNT hoops and giving us your time and listening, subscribing and rating. Uh, we're just two guys. that want to get our thoughts on there about uh, the sport that we love. Yes, sir. Um, like Ansel said, um, that new contest, we're not going to tell you the prize right now, but, you know, if you repost the clips we put up this week, you'll, you know, get a free entry for that. It's just something fun we like to do for our loyal subscribers. We appreciate you guys. Like I always say, listen to the podcast, TNT Hoops, tell a friend to tell a friend, um, like, subscribe, show your support. And uh, we really appreciate that. that. So I said, and all that. Yeah. Love. You know, like, you feel, you feel the vibes. Y'all know the vibes. Uh, TNT Hoops, hit us up. Quick buckets. Anselmo Gretel.